Welcome to In Between. In uh, this episode, I want to reflect a little bit about uh, my going back from Delhi and my now settling back in, in uh, Switzerland, uh, because now I'm already back home. And uh, yeah, I right now I'm realizing like uh, there was one thing which was really sweet which uh, Indian friends told me some of them said that you know it doesn't really feel like you're leaving um, it feels more like you know like just for a month or something you're really busy but you're still in Delhi somewhere and uh, I think the fact that I'm coming back in January of course adds a lot to that so they know that it's only going to be one and a half or two months till I'm going to be back but uh, when they said that and made me feel like somewhere they think of me constantly still somehow being in Delhi even though I'm not uh, I really liked that and I feel like in a way it's maybe true because my head is always a little bit in Delhi it seems and uh, yeah, that my presence somehow yeah, still is felt there. I love that when they said that. And uh, yeah, because it's true on some levels. And uh, well, when I went to the airport and uh, the whole saying goodbye was a lot easier knowing that I'll come back in January, which uh, yeah, really, truly helped. Yeah, I was again astonished because I feel like airports are, on the one hand, they're supposed to be these international and global spaces, but actually somewhere, I always feel they are very local in many ways. And I love to observe that. Like, uh, for example, in Delhi airport, there was like a small video of Mr. Smart. And Mr. Smart is like a comic character. And... Uh, it was all about how you can check your luggage in the day before, how you can use the metro to come to the um, airport, how you can, uh, how you do the security check and all of that. And uh, it was then, again, even if Mr. Smart is a comic character which cannot really be recognized or decoded as Indian, then again, he does, this. it was all about like, yeah, but and because he has done all of this pre-check-in and all, he now has more time and can take his family out to a movie which is something very Indian to do like taking your home family and going to watch a Bollywood movie together and I, I like it how things are they pretend to be so global and international but actually they are so local also the way like the whole uh, procedure of security checks or whatever is going somewhere I always feel a cultural difference if it's done in uh, Delhi if it's done in uh, Oman where I had my stop or if it's done in Switzerland like the whole the way the procedure is going how efficient it is going um, how chaotic or whatever it's very again I feel locally specific and I always kind of like to observe that and again I'm fascinated how much I actually managed to dive into yeah, this Indian world and Indian life of mine again in only six weeks, like how deep I managed to feel in it and think in it and all again. And also how fast I'm also back in my Swiss life somehow now that I'm here. And this, this switching, it's it's so interesting, like how the whole, yeah, how your whole surrounding, the way you see the world and everything can switch so fast. And I feel the more you're doing these switches, the faster it goes and the, the easier they become. And now somehow it's uh, time to settle back in, which, um, yeah, I already took like the first week to do a lot of administrative things, to settle into my new job, to settle into, 
yeah, many different things. Yeah, it's going way faster than I thought. Although, of course, in my mind is already my next trip to Delhi and uh, Delhi is always in my mind. Yeah. And uh, one thing I always, it's always the first thing I notice when I come back from India is uh, the silence in Switzerland. Because somewhere Switzerland is so much more silent. It's silent on the roads, it's silent in the trains because people don't talk so much and so loudly in the trains or it's not, you can do it, but it's not considered so good. Uh, because the whole traffic, there's no honking. It's very easy to find quiet spaces. While in India, I already to podcast, I never managed to find real quiet spaces. I only found spaces which were kind of quiet, but you still would hear some traffic in the background. And um, that's always the first thing. And since I really don't like silence, and that's why I feel a lot more comfortable in India. So it's always like, ah, back to the silence when I come back to Switzerland. And more over there is things like the whole anonymity. Most of the time when I move about in Switzerland, I have my headphones in and I kind of don't interact with anyone when I'm going from A to B. I don't really talk. Or if I want to interact with someone, I first have to put my headphones out. And everyone else is also doing that. Everyone is in his own small headphone world and like moving about, not really interacting. Another thing is uh, efficiency. So on the one hand, it's uh, very nice to see that uh, everything just works, things just function. And if they are not functioning, people find a solution very fast. And it's all, yeah, that's a nice thing. And also efficiency when it comes to myself. I'm so much more productive every time I'm in, in, I'm in Switzerland for some reason. Like, I don't know, maybe because I have less input, maybe because I, it's more quiet <laughs> But yeah, in general, I like work a lot more and I'm less distracted when I'm in Switzerland. But I also realize it probably has a little bit also to do because I hang around more alone and less with people. Because somehow life is like more, it's very scheduled in Switzerland. And it's like uh, even your free time or spending time with friends and hanging out with friends, it comes in slots, which are very scheduled. And I am now not only talking about other Swiss people, uh, you can very much count myself in because I'm also doing that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a huge different when it, difference when it comes to that. And I notice that every time. And it reminds me of something a friend has explained to me once. And he's also someone who has been has had India in his life for many, many years and who, yeah, has interpreted India in so many interesting ways and I love to talk to him and ad admire it a lot. And what he described to me once is that uh, for him it seems that uh, India is somehow relationship-oriented while uh, a lot of the West is uh, task-oriented. What that means is like, or what he explained to me, is like, uh, for example, when uh, someone in India has to do a certain task or has to do something, but then on the way to there, he meets another friend, then maybe he'll take the time and have chai and talk to this person and come late or he will have to finish his task like late at night by himself, which is inconvenient for himself. But the relationship will always be more important than the task. And uh, the same thing does not apply in the West in the sense that if we... if 
people have something to do, they have a task to do, and then they meet someone, they would say, hey, like, I'm really sorry, but right now I cannot have coffee, but I have to finish this and I'll finish this and let's see when we can meet up. So the task will always be more important. And I think after he told me this, I started seeing that in many, yeah, in, in many examples in India and in Switzerland. And I feel somewhere it's true. Yeah, it's something I notice again now that a lot of time, yeah, life's free time, hanging out is scheduled, uh, spending time with people, it's a lot less. Also, friendships seem to work differently. I notice that every time, but I think it's, I still find it difficult to say what exactly I mean. But um, yeah, what I definitely miss every time I'm coming back from India is like, uh, I don't have so many people around me all the time. And in the beginning, when I came to India for that one year, I found it difficult. I was like, oh God, I'm never alone. Uh, but now I got so used to it that when I'm alone, it's it's weird. Or like, I like my alone time, but for my taste or every time I'm back to from India and I have to reaccustom somehow in the Swiss culture, then I feel like, wow, I'm alone way too often. And uh, I keep joking in India and saying that... Uh, you know, in these six weeks, I've met more people than in the last six months. And of course, I think this has many reasons. Reasons like uh, I'm only there for six weeks, so I want to meet a lot of people and a lot of people want to meet me. But also that kind of student campus life, which I used to have in that one year I lived there, also makes you spend a lot of time and live together with people all the time, which is also something which is maybe not the case here. But yeah, I always a little bit miss this having people around all the time and this yeah relationship-orientedness. Although there were moments when it was difficult for me in India. I was like, oh God, why are people not doing their tasks? Mm, like both. But also I feel like, yeah, here when I'm more alone, it also results in me being more productive, reading more, doing more work. And that's also a good thing. Yeah, another thing is uh, the other day, and of course many of these days I'm going to Christmas markets, and because they're all open, and usually they're very crowded, and I'm realizing that in crowds I'm so much more relaxed uh, when I'm in Switzerland than when I'm in India. Like, in generally when walking, like here I walk around with my earphones, something I wouldn't necessarily do in India, because I feel like I have to be attentive all the time. I have to see who is around me, monitor the crowd a little bit, especially when I'm up and about alone, and especially in crowds somehow. While here I'm more thinking, oh, do I know where my wallet is? Let's make sure no one is pickpocketing me. I don't think that so much in India, but I'm more just very attentive when I'm in crowds to not get touched or nothing happening. And yeah, when I was at the Christmas market and here and I saw all the crowd and everything, I, yeah... I realized, wow, I would be a little bit nervous if this would be in India, but here I'm completely relaxed. And also somehow it has to do with the relationship I have to men in India versus in Switzerland. Like in India, I'm always slightly nervous if there's like big groups of men, which is really sad, but somehow it's true. That's also a topic I want to podcast more about one day. While uh, in Switzerland, I'm completely relaxed. I don't care if there's men around or women around me. I don't even, I have a very different relation to the other sex there. And uh, another thing I'm realizing is, uh, so in India, people stare at me a lot. And that's very, because I'm white, but also that's very normal. It's not connotated that badly if you look at people for a longer time as it is in Switzerland. 
So it happens a lot. And in the beginning, I got very irritated. I was like, oh, God, like I'm so nervous. Everyone is always observing all the mistakes I'm doing. And uh, now I started to develop this, in German, we call it Tunnelblick, like a, a tunnel view. Like I'm just, fo I, I look straight ahead. I focus on what I'm doing. I'm doing my thing and I'm not looking left or right what other people are, how they are looking at me. Because if I do that, I get too nervous and I don't want to get too nervous. So I'm kind of walking around in my bubble like a horse, you know, not looking right and left. And uh, now that I'm back in Switzerland, I don't need to do that anymore, of course, because no one is staring at me. No one gives a fuck of, about what I'm doing because everyone is in his headphone bubble anyway and the whole anonymity thing. But uh, I still have always, it takes me a little bit of time to get that tunnel view, uh, that tunnel gaze maybe out of my system. Yeah, which is an interesting thing I keep noticing every time. And somehow I thought a lot about Uh, living life in episodes in these days because I feel like somehow my life has shaped up or has become like this that I that I live it in different episodes which uh, make me do different things focus different things for example yeah the last episode was uh, six weeks in India where I was talking a lot having a lot of input uh, coming across a lot of new things living and hanging out and doing this and that while now a new episode or a new chapter is approaching in Switzerland which is more like a more introspective more being alone but also being more productive at the same time where there's like a lot yeah a very different chapter with a different vibe in a different place is happening and I know afterwards again another Indian chapter is gonna come And somehow, even though it's stressful sometimes, I start to really appreciate and like the way my life is shaping up in different episodes or chapters. Yeah, because it's so much input and it's so much variety and it never gets boring. And then another really interesting thing is like the fact that um, I feel like maybe because of the podcast, but also because of me talking to people, Somehow the two worlds I'm in, Switzerland and India, or I'm in between to say it better, somehow started more and more to stay, stand in a dialogue, to talk to each other, to in some way, they're getting more and more interwoven in a very weird and strange ways and uh, interesting ways. And I really love seeing that and I'm amazed by it and still observing it and trying to understand it. So... On the one hand, whenever I go back to Switzerland or I am in Switzerland, somehow I have that view of my Indian friends with me all the time. I look at different things and I think how they would like it, how they would interpret it, uh, what they would think about it. And uh, I somehow, in a way, and I don't want to appropriate their gaze or anything, but in a way I feel like I'm starting to see Switzerland through the eyes of my friends. Or what I think what they would say. Or most of the time I don't even think something. I just wonder how would they feel about this? How would they interpret this? And uh, while I am doing this all the time. So I'm always, I have my own interpretation running. And somewhere under it I have my Indian interpretation. Or my interpretation of my Indian friend's interpretation running at the same time. When I come across things in Switzerland. And somehow, strangely enough, another level now has added to already that mess, which is that some friends in Switzerland 
started to understand how I, with my double vision, somehow see the world, like how I interpret things. And they think in that sense for me with having my eyes in their head, oh, how would she interpret this? Because she just came back when she said in India, she's thinking about this, like this and this. And uh, that's like a really confusing but beautiful new level which is happening. And an example for that, I was at a birthday and uh, then we all ordered food. And then one friend who's also listening to the podcast, she asked me like, oh, you know, that must be strange for you now, right? Because uh, we have all ordered our, you know, our, a dish of our own and we're not really sharing the food, right? Because you said people share there a lot and it's weird. And I was like, yeah, man, it's weird. And But uh, the fact that you were seeing this is even more weird and uh, beautiful that someone is kind of thinking along with me in my already twisted uh, and divided mind. And uh, that's just really new and really amazing. And I feel in many ways the podcast has led to that. And... Um, of course, that gets even freakier or more interesting when uh, Indian friends meet Swiss friends. So I have a few Indian friends in Switzerland, few of them from my university and also out of other contexts. But somehow these people have never mixed up so much. And uh, the other day there was a dinner in which some mixing up happened, like a dinner at a friend's place. And I brought an Indian friend along and uh there it was very interesting for me to to see these interactions to think along like to think along with both cultures at the same time and uh, to see them interacting in the first place an interaction which has never really taken place before and uh, there were several interesting things which we talked about on that evening and one of it is for some reason and don't ask me how we get how we got there because I don't remember anymore we talked about death rituals in like India versus Switzerland. Like things like uh, in India people would wear white and in Switzerland people wear black. And uh, then my Indian friend was like, yeah, but uh, black is like, you know, for us it signifies everything bad and everything dark and dangerous and, and yeah, evil. While uh, for us, and we said like, no, 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 but for us it also does like somehow, but that's why we wear it when there's, a death happening and she was like oh how can you because we we were right of course everything positive and uh these small little things were like so interesting talking about this and uh what was uh the most remarkable thing was when we talked about cremation like crematorium kind of places so for the longest time we talked about uh how one of my friends explained us, you know, how the body, the dead body is carried to the, is carried by uh, people to the cremation ground and uh, how there are several cremation grounds, yeah, for a large amount of people, people from all this region. And then uh, one of my Swiss friends asked, but how is that possible? How do you have so many ovens in the cremation place? And then she was like, ovens? And then I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I realized that, of course, for her, in her mind, there was like, and probably also in my other Swiss friends' minds, there was like a, a crematorium, how we know it from Switzerland, which uh, would have ovens where the whole coffin is coming in. While, of course, for me, it was clear that in the Indian context, on a, on a cremation ground, there will be a large pile of wood and people will light the pile of wood and the person is being burned like this. And then I was like, no, 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 it's not an oven. And she was like, what? It's not an oven? And then we had this whole discussion. 
And for me, suddenly I realized, wow, it's so interesting how I exactly know what kind of a picture my Indian friends versus my Swiss friends have in their minds when they talk about the same things, but the pictures are different because they come from different cultures. And that's so interesting somewhere. And uh, yeah, me being in between and understanding both of the pictures people have. But in that moment, I also for a long time failed to see that, of course, they have a very different picture because it was so logical for me. And yeah, the fact that we talked about cremation for like 10 minutes with these very different pictures in, in our heads was just really funny for me. Like, yeah, and then we talked about the, the well, the ice boxes. So my friend said, so if there is like, for some reason you cannot burn the body immediately or for some reason the cremation ground is full or whatever, then people will keep the bodies in ice boxes. And uh we're talking about Hindu tradition only here, I have to add, because uh, my friend is Hindu, so there's no other, we didn't touch upon other traditions, just more like Christian, Swiss tradition versus Hindu, Indian tradition. But then we said like, hey, wow, wait a moment for us, this is really weird and we would never do that. And like having the body at home is extremely strange here. And someone said like, even you wouldn't, you wouldn't dare to make people in Switzerland go through you wouldn't expect it of them that they would have to deal with the body. You wouldn't expect that of them. Like, uh, that's a bad thing to even make them do that. But my friend was like, well, but no, like, it's a, it's a good thing. The family can be with the body and all of that. And we were like, oh, God, no. I think in somewhere, probably in, like, a Catholic tradition, it, this would be more accepted or more normal than in a Protestant tradition. But uh, that was also, again, a really interesting, different way of looking at death and looking at, yeah, how people treat that. And for me, the most interesting thing, yeah, kept being the fact that somewhere I felt like a cultural translator all the time because I can think in both ways. I have both pictures. Not completely. I wouldn't have the complete Indian picture, of course, but in many ways. And being in between these conversations was so interesting, like... Also because a lot of times people talk and they leave out necessary information, which I know my Indian friend would need this information, this small little piece of knowledge to understand or to have the right picture in, the, in her mind. And the same goes when my Indian friend talks for my Swiss friends. And uh, for example, there was one conversation when uh, we talked about dishes and doing household stuff and all. And then my Indian friend was like, uh, you know, we don't have a dishwasher. And when she said that, I knew that in my um, Swiss friend's head, what would pop up would be immediately, oh, poor India, and people don't have dishwashers, they do everything by hand, manual labor, blah, blah, blah. But then I added, yeah, but I'm guessing you have a maid, right? And she was like, yeah, yeah, of course, we have a maid. And my Swiss friends were like, you have a maid? And uh, then it, it was clear that this was like a small piece of information which she didn't find necessary to say because it's so logical. And my friends were like, what? And uh, like, because for us, it's like having a maid again has a very different connotation in Switzerland. And uh, yeah, they didn't expect that. So and there again, I was like, oh my God, uh, it's so sad that I'm the only one in the room who can see how funny these, this is to like add the necessary like small pieces of information or be in between. Like, uh, although I know a few people who like me are in between and who have their lives intertwined with India for even more, for a longer time than I have. 
but still uh, this position is like it's so unique and it's so interesting and I'm just loving it and yeah the conversations went on we had a few funny conversations about the vegetables and the way they are prepared in food for example in India the whole time when I was there I was like oh god why are vegetables so oh being so overcooked and so small so that you cannot even know anymore what you're actually eating and don't the vitamins go out if it's so much overcooked and this and that while uh, my Indian friend and actually a few Indian friends said like oh god the vegetables are cut so roughly and in such big pieces in Switzerland and they are not properly cooked through like how can you eat this oh god and uh, these small things are so interesting like yeah for me the different perceptions and or seeing them struggling with similar things just because they are different like in in reverse that's so interesting and one conversation which somehow happens to come up a lot when there is a table which is mixed of people from the west and people from india i noticed is uh, somehow a talk about the movie slumdog millionaire because somehow it's a recent movie which a lot of swiss people have seen about uh, india but a lot of Indian friends don't like it and uh, they keep saying that um, they don't like the fact that, first of all, it's not an Indian person who has made the movie, right? It's, uh, I think, the person is American. And they say like, okay, so one movie about India makes it really big, makes it to Hollywood or just becomes really famous. But again, it needs to be about Indian poverty, about slums. Like it again needs to push that kind of image of India around the world like why and why do westerners really like to see this movie all the time isn't there something like really wrong with this poverty porn with this yeah this immense wanting to watch poverty and wanting to see it and uh, they keep criticizing that a lot and somewhere I feel even I have developed some kind of disgust against that or against a lot of westerners who come to india and they want to see poverty and that kind of an idea but on the other hand a lot of my swiss friends yeah made the argument that they feel that it's just uh you just want to see something which you have never experienced which you don't know you don't understand it and you feel like you want to see it and you want to understand it which is also somewhere a valid point or they made the point that also when people like honeymoon people <laughs> come to uh, to Mount Titlis in Switzerland and they want to see the Alps and the cows and the little houses and how people live like Heidi, isn't that a similar thing somewhere? How they want to see a certain picture of Switzerland, which at least for us down here in the city has nothing to do with our lives. And again, I have other Indian friends who would even criticize a movie on the ground that they would say like, all the famous Indian movies, especially all the Bollywood movies, why do they need to be um, about the lives of middle class people? Like, where are the working class people? Where are the poor people? They never find themselves in such movies. It's always about uh, very rich families with huge houses where the kids study in London and this and that. And that's also, in a way, I think, very legitimate legitimate point and somehow i like how this slumdog millionaire debate has so many angles and so many ways from which you can portray it and see it and somehow i agree with so many positions in some or the other way just as much as i see the kind of poverty porn which is going on i also see i don't know how you want india to be presented in a different way but also how for once it's a good thing that there is not always middle class and how 
this curiosity for the other is also not coming from a bad place. Yeah, there's so many angles to it and somehow I always love to have this discussion. It just yeah teaches me more. Another interesting conversation which happened was uh, when I was with a friend in a cafe the other day and uh, she also listens to the podcast and she asked me a really interesting question and again I love it when people ask me questions when we have a dialogue when some feedback is happening because that again makes me think differently about different things. And she told me, you know, you say a lot of times, you say, oh, this was beautiful and this was beautiful. And there's so, you talk about India and um, your experiences so positively. And I truly believe you that you experience it in such a positive way. But I am wondering somewhere, where is the negative? Like, isn't I expected more of uh, you explaining or also talking about things which are difficult for you, which you don't like which are just strange or just hard and yeah all of this like some more negative points also like where is this is this really not present or is it you don't talk about it or why do you not talk about it and I love the question and I had to think quite a long also like um, a long time like uh, why is it because I can see that she's right I'm talking very positively about India in many ways and that's not because I'm faking something But uh, now that I thought about it for a while, I think there are several reasons. I think one reason clearly is that I don't want to feed into this, oh, India is dirty and uh, very annoying and very exhausting country uh, in one way, which an image which a lot of Swiss people have. And I don't want to enforce that image again, but I want to show a very different India because for me, India has always been... Of course, there were days when it was, when I found it difficult and exhausting and all of that. But uh, the most of the time I just loved, I loved it and I found it interesting and different and whatever. So I want to give people a different picture than what they already have and they hear a lot. So of course, there is a kind of agenda, agenda from my side to not um, feed into the same old stereotypes and negative points which so many people have mentioned before. That clearly is there. Another reason is that I feel like a lot of the more negative things happen in a very personal sphere, so very private sphere, so to say. So, for example, when negative things happen, a lot of time maybe they're connected to maybe you have a fight with a friend or whatever. Things which are more in my personal sphere, my personal relationships, my things which I don't necessarily would want to share. And uh, there's again this question all the time, which I'm asking me all the time, how much should you share on a podcast? How much what is private and you don't want to talk about and what not? What should you share? What not? And also... If I want to portray a big part of my life, that's one thing. But there are many people in Switzerland and in India who spend a lot of time with me. And I wouldn't want to similarly at the same time portray their lives in a way because they haven't agreed to it and they maybe wouldn't like this. So also I a lot of times like I would also try to not portray other people too closely 
yeah, it's my podcast and I decided to portray my life and maybe they don't want that. So then again, maybe sometimes I wouldn't portray certain things or especially negative things because I know other people could recognize who I'm talking about and this and that. There's a lot of anonymization and the simple question, how much do you want to share? And uh, I think with time I developed and I feel I'm still developing a certain basket of okay these things I want to talk about these things I share and these things I don't want to share and then yeah I I try to make to keep these baskets separate but most of the time they're still a little bit overlapping and uh, I think it has to do with this if something is negative but it's not too personal I would definitely share it and uh, I think another and probably the the best reason or like the, the, the heaviest reason for all for me not sharing more negative things is uh, the fact that I've been in India now only for six weeks, right? After a lot of time with a lot of yeah, excitement and everything. So I feel like a lot of the negative points only came up when I was living there for one year and after many months when I was like, oh God, I don't want to eat more masala food. I want to eat something blend for a change, nothing spicy or oh my God, these people cannot plan at all. This is all so terrible. I'm so annoyed. Like all of this only came up after months and months and months. And right now in these small, yeah, these small moments of coming back and being in that life, there was not so much of this feeling annoyed like before. And I'm sure that this will somewhere change in 2021 when I am planning to go back to India for uh, months, like to do my research. So then I'm sure there will be more of these moments and I'm sure I'm going to podcast and share them because that was also one of the goals I had for this podcast to show that research that social anthropology and all that it's not only very straightforward very clear that there are not only good days in the field that it's difficult and chaotic and sometimes beautiful then again emotional then morally difficult then this and that so I will definitely have the plan to portray this but I have to portray it whenever it authentically comes to me yeah, instead of making it up and I feel like in these small moments of just six weeks they're just yeah not enough things came up which I felt like belong in the baskets of things I share. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's why I didn't share like more negative things. But uh, I am pretty sure that will happen in the future. Then another question is like, what, how to go on with the podcast now that I'm back in Switzerland? Of course, I already know that I'm going to be back uh, in India in soon it will be six weeks so um i then have another five to six weeks in india where i will podcast regularly and share whatever is happening to me but um right now i was thinking like how to go on because this is the last episode in which i still have things i recorded in india which i'm using after that like all the recordings and everything all the sounds and everything will come from Switzerland because I'm not there anymore and I was wondering should I go on should I do more podcasting should I not should I do only portray issues uh, about India or should I widen the focus a little bit because there are also many I have also many other countries and places I'm interested in and, and with places with which I'm somehow also intertwined but never as much as I'm with India of course but should I yeah 
broaden the focus a little bit or uh, how should I go on? And actually, in many ways, I would be interested also to hear from you what you think would be interesting. I am sure I'm going to go on podcasting, like maybe not every week, maybe every two weeks, but I will further yeah, document my search for a topic, document what I am doing or what what is happening to me and the kind of thoughts I have depending on how how life goes if interesting things come to me which I feel like are worth sharing interesting thoughts and happenings or not I'll share more or less so that's the plan for now but it would be interesting to know if you would be interested to hear more things which are maybe not that much India related yeah interesting small things I see or encounters I have uh, talks I have with maybe also people who live in Switzerland but are not Swiss or whatever it is yeah, let me know. As usual, I love the dialogue and the feedback. But that's one thing I'm wondering. But I'm sure I'll podcast regularly again when I'm in India. And I'll try to keep podcasting now the next six weeks till I am back in India. But maybe, yeah, there won't be as many rickshaw sounds and all <laughs> like before for some time. And meanwhile, after I've settled in a bit at home, of course, I'm again right at the topic search which is uh, uh, demanding sometimes yeah I'm reading a lot I am googling a lot of things and uh, trying to figure out more what I want to work on trying to work out another selection of different possible topics and then go there meet different people and see if one topic really feels important to enough and clicks with me and all and uh, this week I came across two interesting things and I don't know if I I'm not sure if I will really work on them or not, but I just share them like I share and document my whole search. And uh, one of it is uh, there's a website, it's a startup which offers um, hotel rooms for unmarried couples in India. So uh, the thing is that they like teamed up with uh, certain hotels in Delhi and Mumbai and uh, hotels in which they can... Um, rent a room not only for a night but also for like eight hours like 12 hours something like this for a short stay and basically to get physical with each other and to be in intimate something which is really difficult in India especially if in different it's more different in some cities and more difficult in some cities and less difficult in other cities but especially if you both of the people are from Delhi, they are unmarried there. A lot of hotels would not give them a hotel room in the first place. And there are some places which would give them a room, but these places are usually very shady hotels. And uh, there's a lot of fear about and there has been a lot of fuss about cameras being placed in hotel rooms and uh, filming things, intimate things they shouldn't be filming and a lot of also police problems if unmarried people rent a room together and uh, of course a lot of stigma from families if you yeah walk in in a hotel room unmarried with another guy or another girl that can be really difficult so I find this idea of the startup very revolutionary it has so many moral components which I'm interested in and yeah very interesting that it works and it's happening so that was one thing I found pretty interesting and uh, the other thing is I came across a guy and he has also built his own startups and uh, his field is actually teaching Indian men how to talk to women and like how to pick up women but also just to talk to them and his workshops are quite expensive 
and I think he's also Delhi based but also does his workshops in uh, other cities and they are like very practical so he's like you know he's taking guys to the mall to the cafes to clubs like also very middle class and a lot of the approach seems extremely American and a little bit cheap to me but interesting and there he like pushes them to talk to girls and uh tells them how to be cool and what to wear and what not and um, interesting about it is somehow that there's a lot of talk about Indian men not being able to talk to women and interestingly no one ever talks of girls not being able to talk to men because somehow that's not even expected interestingly I think in this very yeah again masculinist uh, society but um, I know a lot of friends who tell me about their friends who yeah can talk to women I have seen men having problems talking to me before because I'm a woman and I'm white that's even worse I've heard about this problem a couple of times and uh, of course uh, it comes from the fact that in a lot of localities and places in India it's still very difficult for people growing up there to have any contact to uh, for guys let's say it for to f- girls outside of their family till they're like in college or something because they just wouldn't come across them and in there are many like more rural schools in which uh, guys are sitting on one side of the classroom and girls on the other side and they're not supposed to have any interaction and if you grow up like always seeing this other species but never talking to them um, I think it's very normal to have problems talking to them to not being used to it and yeah, making all of this difficult. That's also why I think his business, the business of this guy is flourishing so well. But I think it would be an interesting thing. It would teach me or it would be a very interesting insight, of course, into masculinity, manhood, gender, but also morals and on so many levels. Like, uh, yeah, that was another thing I came across this week. But I think, uh, yeah, that's what has been up with me for now. And Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.